0: markets this morning. First of all, in Australia, the ASX200 is up about a quarter of 1% right now. The Nikkei 225 in Japan uh, up close to half a percent. Similar story in South Korea for the Cosby and the Hang Seng looks set to add about 80 points at the open. In the commodities markets, Brent crude oil is trading a little bit lower this morning at $57.51 a barrel. Gold is at $1,601 an ounce. And in the currency markets, the US dollars at one hundred and 10 against the Japanese yen right now. Thank you very much for listening this morning. Do please join me tomorrow morning for more Money talk Talkback Chats with Hugh Chiverton and Karen Coe coming up after the 8.30 news. The weather forecast, mainly fine. The temperature's going to be around 19 degrees. We'll be generally fine with temperatures rising gradually in the next few days, but still cool in the mornings. There is a cold weather warning in force. And it's 15 degrees right now, 77% relative humidity. Coming up to 8.31, here's Samantha Butler with the half-hour news.
1: A Patients' Rights Representative says the government could consider extending to private clinics a new measure to detect coronavirus patients. From today, public hospitals will be asking patients with fever and respiratory symptoms to test themselves at home to prevent them visiting multiple clinics over several days. Alex Lam, the chairman of Hong Kong Patients' Voices, says it's an effective way to slow the spread of the virus in the community.
2: Thousands of people make visits to a and and the GOPC every day. With this, I hope that at least we may be able to identify some of them, but it is an effective way that uh, we may consider extending the service to private clinics.
1: The death toll from China's new coronavirus epidemic has jumped to 2,000 after 132 more people died in Hubei province. The province also reported more than 1,600 new cases. Meanwhile, several hundred passengers who've endured a 14-day quarantine aboard a cruise ship in Japan are set to disembark if they test negative. The Diamond Princess moored in Yokohama has proved a fertile breeding ground for the virus with over 540 positive cases. The United States is tightening rules on Chinese state media organizations. Five outlets, including Xinhua News Agency, will be treated as foreign missions. They'll need permission to buy property and will have to submit lists of all their employees, including U.S. citizens. Washington officials say the move is to counter Beijing's propaganda efforts. The former mayor of New York City, Michael Bloomberg, has qualified for the Democratic presidential debate in Nevada State on Wednesday. It's the first time the billionaire will appear on stage alongside his rivals for the Democratic nomination. His inclusion coincides with a substantial surge in his support. Is the BBC's Sophie Long. Many Americans have become familiar with Michael Bloomberg in recent months due to his ubiquitous television ads. But on Wednesday, they will see him on the debate stage alongside the other presidential candidates for the first time. His appearance is likely to lead to some fiery exchanges. The current frontrunner in the polls, Bernie Sanders, has already taken aim at Bloomberg over the more than $3 million he spent on advertising, accusing him of trying to buy the nomination. The first time the American public will be able to vote for the multi-billionaire will be on Super Tuesday at the beginning of next month, when contests will be held in many of the big states. You're listening to the news on RTHK.
3: And welcome to Chat. I'm Hugh Chivot and your co-host today is Karen Ko. Karen, good morning to you.
4: Hi, good morning, Hugh.
3: We're focusing today on how some of the more vulnerable groups in society are coping with the COVID-19 situation in Hong Kong. We're going to be hearing about issues facing disabled people, visually impaired, unemployed and also domestic helpers. What are their concerns? What is the best way to help people in these groups whose options are often limited at the best of times? Let us know your thoughts. You can leave a message on our Facebook page Bank Chat and RTHK Radio 3. You can email us bankchat at rthk.hk or you can give us a call and our telephone number is 233, 88266, 233 88266. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, joining us for our first discussion, we have with us now Long, who's Chairperson of the Confederation of uh, Trade Unions, and Jess Shek, who's General Secretary of the Hong Kong Blind Union, uh, and others we hope will be joining us in in the uh, course of the uh, programme. Just before we get to those, a couple of uh, emails. First of all, here's one from John in Saikong uh, who says, this is back on the subject of wearing or not wearing a mask uh, with the subject of public health he says, not great radio I know, here's a screen capture from the SCMP COVID-19 article which is self explanatory for everyone in Hong Kong except Mike Rouse obviously the graphic says, wear a mask at all times, so that's John's bid Uh, on the um, great mask discussion. And uh, on today's topic, uh, here's an email from Mr. Tang, who often writes uh, uh, thoughtfully. Thank you very much indeed for your your contributions uh, on our topics. Mr. Tang says, amid the virus crisis, my wheelchair-bound 90-year-old grandpa and his Indonesian domestic helper have to stay home most of the time for fear that they would contract COVID-19. My grandpa had one of his legs amputated a a couple of years ago and his health is ailing, so it's... It's best for him to avoid social contact. He has complained about not being able to venture out and meet his friends at a Chinese restaurant. Before the current health crisis, his favourite pastime was horse betting, but now that the Jockey Club has suspended Telebet, the betting by phone service, he's stripped of the only entertainment he enjoys. He jokes that he feels like being placed under house arrest. His domestic helper has been trying her best to care for him. Last week she was scrambling to buy toilet paper to no avail. My aunt, who lives in another district, ended up queuing for an hour before she could buy a packet pack for my grandpa and deliver it to him. The domestic helper doesn't have access to as much information as locals do since she understands neither Chinese nor English. That's why she couldn't have first-hand information about the virus situation. The elderly and foreign domestic helpers are really vulnerable groups in a health crisis. Those observations from Mr Tang. Thank you very much indeed from that. Uh, Jess Shek from the from the Blind Union. Good morning to you. Good morning. Thank you very much indeed for joining us. Tell us, tell us about what members of the union, what, what, what are your concerns at the moment? What are your experiences? What are the problems that your people are facing? Um, I guess uh, for blind people, the first
5: problem they're facing in the situation of outbreak of this coronavirus is that. So we, we actually we rely on our sense of touch in our daily lives. So which puts us at uh, actually higher risk of exposed uh, to viruses. And for some, um, it would be challenging, especially for some elderly or some blind people living on their own, because actually blind union has to suspend, you know, services for having volunteers to co- accompany them, you know, um, to go out, say, for example, to buy their day- daily necessities. So because we want to safeguard our volunteers as well as our members, Members from and mitigate the risk of you know being infected. So these services have to be suspended, which will definitely affect them. And uh, you know, um, regarding the access to information, so technology could actually help. But a lot of the times, these informations are you know in graphics, which not everything can be readable to them. And uh, I think the most impact is those for employment Um, because quite a number of blind people in Hong Kong are working as masseurs. So I guess um, to reduce face-to-face contact, so they don't, you know, um, they actually, they need not to work. Um, So it will actually affect their employment. And uh, so these are the concerns that blind people now are facing.
4: So, Jess, check if we address some of the, those issues one by one, maybe the first one about information, is there, there an easy way um, that uh, either the government or some NGOs could set up some ways where blind people can get information uh, orally through through an audio recording or some other way? And
5: actually, technologies uh, make accessing to information easier for visually impaired people. As uh, I said. However, you know, not everything is readable to them because um, they're in graphics. So I guess um, it is quite important for people when disseminating information, they uh, try to think about the needs of the visually impaired, maybe by having um, some text um, um, so that um, people can use the screen reading apps or software to access the information.
4: And what about the employment problem? I mean, this is um, obviously whether visually impaired or disabled or even able-bodied people, everyone seems to be facing this, this issue now. Is there anything really that could be done about it?
5: Um, actually, um, uh, just for a for example for Blind Union, actually we are in discussion of how we could, you know, help those measures in such a difficult situation. Um, it's still in our discussion, but I guess maybe the government, you know, could provide temporary funding to help um, those, um, you know, um, um, being unemployed because of the uh, virus situation
4: uh does are the blind does the blind union and um, uh, the visually impaired generally get a lot of support from NGOs as well
5: um, actually um, we we called up members to see what they need and at, at that time you know just right after Chinese New year we um, um, we knew that what they need is protective items and uh, hygiene products, uh, facial masks. And we actually uh, had an appeal on Facebook. And I have to say here a big thank you to um, a lot of donors actually uh, donated uh, their, these items to us. And also some of the donors are blind people as well. So. Um, we do receive
6: a lot of
4: support from the public. Mm, so, because I'm just wondering whether the NGOs um, are also feeling pressure uh, and are able to come up with funds and also resources. Um,
6: uh,
5: actually, I guess NGOs, uh, we are mutually helping each other. So, um, in terms of Funding, I have no idea, but, you know, we are mutually helping. Say, for example, we understand that the other blind organizations, they don't have um, much support in terms of getting, say, hygiene products or facial masks. Then, you know, we collaborate with them, we send those items to them so that they can distribute to um, other visually impaired people that we are not able to access
3: to. You mentioned that a lot of Hong Kong people, uh, blind people in Hong Kong are... are, um Employed as masseurs, do they are they typically self-employed or do they have an employer? So in a situation like this where there isn't very much business, uh, will the employer keep paying their wages or what happens? Um, a lot-
5: i actually a self-employed, so that is the problem. So they cannot open um, open the business now because of the situation. So actually we are thinking of ways to help them, maybe, you know, uh, set aside a funding to help them, but um, it's still in discussion uh, what we can do, you know, to help them in such a challenging period.
3: Mm. Okay. Well, also with us, is, as I mentioned, is Carol Ng, Chairperson of the Confederation of Trade Unions. Good morning to you. Oh, good morning. Uh, I think the, the, the latest figures on, uh, on employment are, are worrying, the worst for, for several years, um, though, though not at this stage, I guess, uh, catastrophic, you, you, you might say. Um, how do you read the employment situation in Hong Kong at the moment?
7: Um, I'm afraid it is just the beginning of uh, such a situation that um, will be quite a lot of different industries. They're trying to um, make redundancy of the staff. If you look at the um, latest um, figures showing the retail, the um, catering services, tourism, hotels, transportations, they are having um, similar kinds of problems due to the epidemic than the consumers' confidence losing. And everyone needs better to be stay home. So there's not many um, um, economical activities occurred and that cost all these kinds of industry. They're going to, to stop um, or, or downsize the way they're running. So um, in, a, in the very short period of time, I can see it could be just the beginning and um, everyone needs to prepare if that's happened to you and what you
2: can do next.
4: Hmm. So um, Carol, we heard um, yesterday that the Pro-democracy parties are proposing some major cash handouts from the government. Um, They want that in next week's budget. And I understand that the Confederation of Trade Unions agrees that that that, that will help. Um, What exactly would you call for?
7: Well, I think if you look at what the government now, they are assisting or rescuing those um, different signs of the business. And how about the rescues of the workers? And these workers, they are maybe in a very casual way of employment already. Now their employer quickly tried to get rid of them. And I think it is became the responsibility of the government to assist these kinds of the workers on those immediate cash payout. So we're suggesting um, for those unemployed or um, underemployment, or even involuntary on unpaid leave, the government, you need to um, immediately deliver cash uh, assistance or um, a living support to them. And our suggestions to um, these kinds of situations, is limit at 16,000 Hong Kong dollars, and especially those people on the uh, compulsory um, quarantine period of time, unless you are um, actually diagnosed with the virus, and confirmed you have been contracted the disease otherwise um you are not qualified for any sick leave payment and we are concerning um, thousands of people now being quarantined how many workers there and if you are not diagnosed with the virus at these 14 days time and your employers try to give you no pay or no salary during this time then who else can assist them it must be the government. And otherwise, these people, they will try to not obey the, or the quarantine orders. And it will co- encourage them to walk away from these quarantine situations, too. It will give a big risk to our public health.
3: The government has said, you know, already said that they're going you know, to commit 25 billion to uh, distribute to uh, various groups, not 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 a general, you know, blanket payment, um, which is what you know we were talking about with the ten thousand, but to target it, are those those most in need. Um, well, isn't that enough? That's a lot of money.
7: And um, well, how do they distributing? And um, this is other questions. And if they're still using the framework of those low income class
3: allowances
7: um, to deliver some kinds of the people in the society, which is not enough. Now, the lower... Well, I think think one
3: thing was that they were going to target certain industries, and I think that would be the industries which are most vulnerable, like retail uh, and tourism-associated ones and hotels and and things like that, where, as you say, um, you know, um, which might be hardest hit by the immediate effects of the virus. Yeah,
7: but I think if they know uh, to assist these industries first they've got to to give more assistance to everyone, no matter your business or your other employment uh you're the workers, so I think um it's a large sum of money already, but look at the reserve we're having. I still believe our government having the abilities to do so and do it more
3: what, what about uh, if you are like those masses uh self employed Are does does that twenty five billion would that benefit people like that? Do you know? Mm-hmm
7: i i, I don 't think so i 'm really reluctant to think it in that way, and a lot of these people, especially casual workers including self employed they are continuously in in a ve- in a very um, um, in a difficult way to live already but at such a situation they are quickly get rid of um, the job by the employers so I think what the government needs to do is to look after everyone including them
4: so do you think that the the civic party's idea of a... um cash handout to all Hong Kong residents. I mean, and, and the DAB. Now yeah, and well. DBA, yeah, they're suggesting $10,000. Is, is that a good idea? Is that enough? I think um, the
7: idea is not bad. I think different political parties, they are also um, suggesting very similar kinds of um, handling situations. But I think no matter how much is the amount, is enough. At least the government needs to agree they are determined to do it. And the amount of the money, I believe, is still
4: discussable. And I believe, and I believe they have to do it very soon because you know people are already feeling the effects, especially if they're self-employed or they run very small businesses.
7: Yeah, yeah. I think the the way to dealing with the administration work arising from this arrangement can be do a lot of the things by electronic nowadays. So as long as people having, some are suggesting having Hong Kong ID cards. Um, so it, it shouldn't be that um, long time. For for example, they, the government suggesting four months' time um, in order to get the money delivered. It, it, it's just too long. So I think they need to find a way um, how to deliver the money as soon as they can.
3: Jess Shack, you did say that you had received some help, or well, the blind union had received some help, uh, I think, in the form of masks and supplies from, um, you know, I don't know, maybe Li Ka-shing's organisation, things like that. Um, uh, w- what about government support? Has there been, do you know of anything, for example, in that $25 billion package um, that would benefit uh, uh, visually impaired people in Hong Kong, the Hong Kong Blind Union? Uh,
5: at this stage, uh, we haven't heard of any uh, support from the government um, in this situation, um, to a uh, visually impaired
4: person. Do you mm. think you have to actually ask for it? That um, you, you know, you actually have to proactively say, "Here's the problems that people um, affected, visually impaired people, are having. Here's what we need." Uh,
5: yes, definitely. We are. We will definitely. I heard that, you know, um, some other organizations, um, say, for example, Dialogue in the Dark, so they employ a lot of blind people. So um, I guess they are now seeking a funding, you know, to train people to do, like, uh, uh, making phone calls to, um, um, you know, um, care about care the elderly, something like that. They are seeking a funding to hold such kind of training, you know, in order to produce or create some um, employment opportunities for uh, blind people at this interim stage. And, uh, yes, Blind Union, uh, we will be actively, you know, um, uh, uh, talk to, talking to the government to see, you know, um, what
2: they can do to
3: support um, the blind people in Hong Kong. OK. Well, also joining us now is, is Fernando Chung, a lawmaker with the uh, Labour Party. Ms Chung, good morning to you. Hi, good morning to you. Uh, we, we, we spoke before about and you were highlighting the, the problems faced by uh, disabled people uh, in, in Hong Kong. We're touching on other kind of uh, vulnerable groups um, in the programme today. What's the situation like now with, say, the disabled? Uh, w- what are the problems they're facing? What kind of remedies do you think would be appropriate?
2: Yeah, well, um, you know, the schools are out, um, and therefore, the students with special educational needs, um, students with disabilities, would have to stay home. Uh, And while staying home, they would lose the opportunity to learn, uh, to receive therapy, and to make connections uh, with their peers. Uh, There's a great social need that people are homebound. So the disabled people are in the same situation, but when you have autism, when you have um, these that would uh, demand a lot of care, uh, physical care or otherwise, uh, all the per- all the workload would be shifted to the carers, to the parents, to the guardians, to those who are the care for the uh, disabled uh, people, uh, for students that... A uh, situation like that. And uh, when they uh, have to resume school, uh, they may face a lot of difficulties. Uh, for example, uh, all the special child care centers are closed. Uh, a lot of uh, SEN students, therefore, uh, would not have the opportunity to uh, continue to receive therapy. And when they uh, resume school, uh, for example, uh, students would uh, uh, be going to primary school primary run from the uh, special child care center, that would be a great uh, change. And without such professional support and without the continuous therapy, uh, they would be uh, facing a lot of uh, difficulties. And as, as I mentioned, the carers are doing a lot of work. And uh, for adult uh, disabled people, all the day services are closed as well. Like, uh, for example, the uh, daycare centers, uh, the shelter workshops, uh, the district uh, support centers—they're all closed. Uh, all the work is now uh, shifted to carers, and and they have no relief. Uh, everybody is homebound, uh, and uh, supplies are in short, uh, and, and they don't have masks, and therefore, I actually. When I go to home visits to some of the elderly and disabled people, uh, they told me that they're homebound because they're uh, running out of masks. Uh, All the uh, groceries and uh, basic items have uh, inflated, the price has inflated. Um, Some of them told uh, told me that they are staying home and only having instant noodles. Uh, So... uh, some of the people who are not only poor they're disabled they're frail and uh, services have been cut short so they're facing quite a um, a difficult time
4: um mr chung is there is there any real solution to this if we're being told avoiding social contact is an important element of preventing the spread of the virus um and therefore services um, and service providers are, are just not providing that service anymore. Is there any any way to get around it?
2: Well, um, we cannot stop social contact. We have to maintain the connections. Now, we cannot do it face-to-face. We have to do it through the media. Uh, we have uh, such proliferation of social media at this stage in time, and and yet, uh, I don't think we are utilizing Uh, them. Like uh, Jeffrey has just mentioned, uh, the workers can still at least use the telephone to call students up, to call their users up on a daily basis, make connections. Not only tele, I mean video conferencing is so common. But what what, what about
3: what, what, use- what about, for example, daycare centers and workshops you mentioned? They're closed. Would you would you think they should be open?
2: No, I don't think they can, They, can, uh, I don't think they should be open. Mm. Um, we have to uh, cut back social, physical, physical physical contact. That's that's for sure. But then uh, we can still see each other. Uh, we're talking about uh, using uh, Skype and Zoom and other uh, software mm. to uh, maintain business. Which is what the uh,
4: schools are doing. I mean, many schools are conducting online learning th- exactly through those means.
2: Yeah, but, but most schools are not doing it. Uh, and, and most uh, day centers are not doing it. A shelter workshops just stopped completely. So we have to utilize these technology. And also services uh, to the home should not be cut back. For example, I run into a uh, homebound elderly person and uh, he said uh, the uh, the in-home service has been cut back, bathing service, for example, has been cut back. Uh, A blind lady told me uh, that the... uh, service used to help her buy grocery has been cut back. So now she has to depend on her neighbours to do it. Um, and therapy has been stopped completely. The, the, the in-home service uh, for therapy for those who experienced uh, strokes and uh, other uh, problems, uh, that has been cut back completely. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah we don't think these in-home service should be
3: cut back. They should be strengthened and increased instead. Uh, Jess Shek Je- Je- from the from Blind Union. Uh, uh, are your members, uh, are they having trouble getting out, uh, doing shopping, those kind of tasks? Are they becoming more difficult or are they not affected? Uh-
5: more difficult because, as I mentioned before, so Blind Union, we have to suspend our service of having volunteers to accompany them to go out to do this kind of stuff. So uh, it will be quite difficult for them because, you know, they now just rely on their neighbours to help them on that.
3: Mm. Okay, an uh, email, I'm f- oh, sorry, comment comment on Facebook from Tom. Uh, who says, fresh air is the enemy of the coronavirus. However, most of our open air parks are locked up by a blanket shutdown of all government LCSD facilities. I see some of the new district councillors have been submitting petitions to unlock the gates of open air parks to give families with children a safe place to go during the crisis. Could we discuss the topic of which public facilities should be reopened on a future episode? Public parks are definitely better places to be than crowded noodle restaurants. That comes uh, from Tom. and uh, That's a good idea Tom and maybe something we could focus on on Another day, and I have heard, you know, complaints from other people saying, uh, you know, it, it's a it's a shame that uh, uh, sports facilities are, are cut off in this way. Um, uh, Fernando Chung, are, uh, are you satisfied that the right public facilities are shut and the right ones are open? Uh,
2: yeah, I think uh, there is a logic to maintain the park uh, playground open, um, and uh, I. I don't think we should shut them all down. I think um, we should keep them open because open space is very much needed and it is not uh, posing a dangerous environment to the people. Instead, if uh, if anything, it would be the um, uh, central air conditioning and and, um, things that happening indoor would help the coronavirus to spread. So I, I definitely agree that we should keep all the parks and all the playgrounds open. Uh, certainly, we should have some uh, considerations about uh, limiting even uh, physical content. But then I would uh, put that judgment back to the people because uh, they should understand that. And uh, I, I would encourage people to go outside
3: and uh, you know do exercise in the park. We're losing. We're losing you. Come back. He's gone. Uh, okay. Are you there? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Okay. We, we heard your point. Anyway, Fernando Chang, thanks very much indeed for, for joining us. Lawmaker with, uh, with the Labour Party uh, on the line there. Uh, many thanks to Jess Sheck, General Secretary of the Hong Kong Blind Union, and to uh, Carol Ng, who's Chairperson of the Confederation of Trade Unions. would like to hear your thoughts as ever. You can call us on two three three eight eight two six six. any aspect of uh, what's going on. Uh, uh, we're going to be joined by uh, the Chairperson of the International Migrants Union, focusing on foreign domestic helpers. Uh, after the news at night, if you've got any thoughts on uh, helpers and their situation uh, in Hong Kong, uh, give us a call. two three three eight eight two six six. The weather mainly fine. Maximum temperature today 19 degrees. Moderate east to northeasterly winds. The outlook is going to be generally fine. Temperatures rising gradually in the next few days. 15 degrees now. Humidity is at 76%. <laughs> on a Wednesday morning with Karen Ko and me, Hugh and We're focusing today on uh, some of the more vulnerable groups uh, in Hong Kong, people who don't have many options and how they uh, control uh, their lives uh, in Hong Kong. We were talking in the first part of the programme uh, about uh, unemployed people, uh, disabled people and uh, the blind people uh, in particular. We wanted to focus in the second part of the programme on um, uh, domestic helpers, the situation of foreign domestic helpers. This uh, sort of comes as uh, the news that a uh, foreign domestic helper has been uh, confirmed as uh, having uh, the virus uh, and also news from the uh, philippines that domestic helpers will be allowed to uh, fly back from the philippines uh, to hong kong if they can prove that there are they are domestic helpers although the details of that are still a little bit um, sketchy at the moment if you've got any questions or comments uh, on that topic or anything uh, related to uh, vulnerable groups uh, in Hong Kong or anything else, uh, drop us a line. We'll see what we can do. Uh, Backchat at rthk.hk is our email address. Or you can leave a message on our Facebook page, Backchat on RTHK Radio 3, or give us a call. And Our number is 233-88266, 233-88266. Uh, yeah, the, we, we just read out a message from Tom from uh, Facebook um, about the problem facing uh, uh, sports facilities and LCSD sports facilities, which I know are very widely used uh, in Hong Kong. Yeah, I've come across that. I've heard uh, uh, complaints about that. Uh, people unhappy that – with the, with the schools off uh, as well, you would have thought that um, – Running around a track or playing football or whatever in one of the um, many LCSD facilities um, would be a good thing, but they're uh, by and large closed. And yeah. You, you think, and,
4: you know, you know, we're being told that one of the great ways of staying healthy is to exercise. But if you can't get to your facility or you go there and it's actually locked, um, how are you going to cope? I mean, I live in Pocfulum and run in the neighbourhood and the the private park there at cyberport which is a huge flat grassy park with trails is packed it's packed every single day because families are going there people are going there to to just be outside and not have to be homebound Um, and i think this whole idea of just everybody staying home is is really obviously not a healthy thing because not good for your physical health definitely not good for your mental
3: health after a while uh I, yeah and i live in Sai Kung, and uh, i do see a lot of people walking of course at the, at the weekend and uh, it's a chance to not wear a mask as well right to get, out, exactly. to get out in the open air and um yeah um it's, it's good for the whole family as well uh okay um uh, on, on this topic uh, mike says uh, in an email yes it makes so much sense to open all the play areas and you close the golf course Uh, seven exclamation marks. What is up with that? It seems to only make sense in Hong Kong. We have to be the knee-jerk capital of the world. Have a nice day. That comes uh, from Mike. Uh, John says, good morning. Opening parks will probably lead to many people going to those places as there's nowhere else to go. And surely facilities where people are running around perspiring and breathing heavily, coupled with a breeze, could spread any virus through the air. What are the speakers' views? We haven't got any medical experts on today, but uh, uh, John or anyone else, if you've got any thoughts on that, drop us a line. Back, chat at I mean, at I basically. was
4: wondering whether LCSD is thinking if we open the parks, there'll be a lot of people there, as that, that uh, writer just, has just said, and therefore there'll be a lot of people needing to use the public toilets and they don't want to put cleaners at risk. I don't know. I mean, I, I'd love to hear their rationale behind just Blanket closing all the parts. So,
3: so we can find out and look it up. Um, yeah, you would have to bring people back. Yeah, you would have to employ a lot of people. Yeah, who Which who would also be back. a good thing at this point in time. Uh, arguably, although <laughs> for, for the people themselves, they're sitting at home and they're still getting paid, presumably. I guess so. Although they may be contracted out. Anyway, I'm not sure what the situation is. Okay, uh, here's uh, uh, an email on a different topic. This is uh, from JR, uh, who says, with the t- subject price gouging, um, this is not what you think. Um, JR says I heard from a friend in mainland about how the central government is approaching price gouging on things like masks. Apparently, if you buy, for example, masks at the high price, take a note of where and who from uh, who from and the price. The government will reimburse you the difference of normal pricing, whilst later going for the company that gouged you through the courts. Wearing masks is mandatory in the mainland, so people have no option but to buy them. This seems like a sensible approach. After all, in these times, masks should fall into the category of restricted and controlled commodity. And why stop at masks? Perhaps they could extend the same approach to the landlords for price gouging, too, as homes and properties are must for people in order to live, and should also fall into the category of restricted stroke controlled commodity. Ah, I just realised why they won't do it for landlords. The Hong Kong government itself is the biggest land price gouger and has been screwing Hong Kong people for decades. That comes uh, from JR. Uh, Thanks very much indeed for that uh, interesting observation, JR. Of course, the Hong Kong government does supply housing to a lot of people in Hong Kong, so it doesn't quite work. But anyway, uh, we take your point. Um, Joining us uh, now uh, on the programme, we have uh, Eni Lestari, who's chairperson of the International uh, Migrants Union. Mr. Lestari, good morning to you. Hi, thank you very much indeed for, for joining us. Um, t- tell us about the general situation at the moment in, in Hong Kong with, with uh, foreign domestic helpers in particular. Uh, what what are the pro- kind of problems that they're facing? What's the situation like?
6: Well, yeah, actually in the past two or three weeks we have tried our best to talk to a lot of community among the domestic workers and we found a lot of findings. One of them is there are significant number of domestic workers who were not given masks. Or alcohol by the employers, so they are forced to find their way to buy on their own. You know, some of them who have an access to buy in Indonesia, they try to bring in, uh, you know, significant numbers so they will, they can cover that. So that's one of the significant issues we found. The second is also a lot of uh, families, employers actually encourage or maybe you know to put it more precise tell the workers not to have a day off because the labor department is coming out you know with this uh, announcement encouraging domestic workers to stay at home during holiday so the employers is telling them you know the government is warning everyone you better stay home so in the past two or three weeks there were like a significant drop of our members or people who usually gather in the park Uh, at least i can say 50 percent. Were really like gone you know and many of them really because they can have a day off and then the third issue also a lot of domestic workers um, were forced to you know clean the house like three to 12 times a day like cleaning everything the toilet over and over again and their worry is now they are using a lot of chemicals for that you know so and they breathe in all this chemical so they are actually you know complaining but they cannot say no because this is what employees telling them to do and then another issue, the fourth issue they are facing, is they are really worried about those um, the domestic workers who have to go to the hospital almost every day and those who have to go to a care center or other public area because this is part of their job. They are really worried if they, you know, they might be infected, you know, but they cannot uh, do anything about it. So that's one thing they cannot even, you know, we cannot even, we don't know what, they don't know what to do. Also, we cannot just tell them don't go to the hospital, right? And then the last thing, the, the biggest issue they are uh, saying is a lot of discrimination inside the house. Some families, um, I, I don't say all, you know, a lot of Hong Kong families are very nice inside. You know, they include the domestic workers in, in the mass alcohol, or anything, even food, you know, the employ- some employees give more. But there are some families who are very uh, paranoid. They become very afraid. They don't want to be touchy. They, they keep saying a lot of negative things about domestic workers. You know, if you go out, you will have this corona even they don't want to offer body contact, you know, and everything that the domestic workers touch, they ask to clean it up again, you know, and something like that. So it becomes like offer burden for the domestic workers throughout this uh, corona time.
4: So so the domestic workers are actually sometimes facing discrimination in the homes of the people that where they're cooking for them and cleaning for them and taking care of their children.
6: Yes, they are. They are actually. They they are actually offer work, this one. That is very general almost to all. Uh there are some employees who don't. They just make it like a normal routine. But, you know, there is a significant uh, increase of work they have to do simply because they have to clean everything over and over again. But discrimination is another new thing which really, not um, to say, maybe some of them who were not treated well in the past now is getting worse because of this corona.
4: So what what can we do about that? I mean, hopefully some sort of education would help, but, you know, How how do you go about doing that?
6: Well, actually, we feel very disappointed with the Hong Kong Government Department, you know. First and foremost, why should they even come up with this announcement encouraging domestic workers to stay at home on holiday? A holiday is only once a week, and we go out, usually we go in open air area. Of course, we appreciate that we should not go to the, you know, like, uh, less falling dead, well, um, ventilation area and so forth, you know, but singling out domestic workers to stay at home some employers who are already not good are now using it all the more to impose no holiday to domestic workers and the problem is they don't, the employer doesn't tell them when they can go out. So there were people who already there in the house for two or three weeks and they get you know, depressed, that's one thing. And people also, so I think the Labor Department has to revoke or they have to remove this kind of announcement, singling out domestic workers, it is very unfair. And then also second, the, there, is, there is almost no health education uh, to the domestic workers community. In fact, when we check out, um, they are available in the Department of Health, but this is very minimum. In fact, we are still requiring for the, uh, the Health Department to issue some of the pamphlets in different languages, but the number is very minimum, and we don't see effort from the Hong Kong government to give away flyers, to give a public education in different languages. So all the more, we are in in the dark, and we have to look for information, which is only available mainly in Chinese and English, uh, looking for our language. And a lot of them are really false information. They are creating more fear rather than uh, correct information. And I think the last thing the government has to do is really to encourage the community to work together rather than, you know, uh, discriminating each other. We can really understand why a lot of the families in Hong Kong are very, you know, uh, afraid, worried, you know, because the prices of the mass is really you know, unreachable. A lot of them actually, you know, middle and lower income families among employees are also complaining how difficult it is to buy the mask. So I think it is the time for the government to intervene because the families in Hong Kong are really suffering. Of course we get uh, affected also by that. So I think this is the time that the Hong Kong government should really, you know, uh, play a significant role in saving everyone. That will include domestic workers.
3: Can I ask about the the situation in particular of, of uh, Indonesian domestic helpers? I mean, uh, we we know there was uh, that uh, the Philippine government uh, stopped flights back from the mm-hmm. Philippines to to Hong Kong, and that was affecting domestic helpers. And yesterday they changed that policy uh, to yeah. allow domestic helpers to go back. What's the situation in in Indonesia? Is there any is there any uh, restrictions on yeah. movement there? Well, so far the Indonesian government
6: doesn't impose travel ban. Uh, They stopped sending the domestic workers, deployment or any migrant workers to Hong Kong, China and Taiwan. So practically newcomers, they cannot come in. But people who are already here, uh, it's okay. We can take a leave and we can come back. Yeah, but so, so far there is no much uh, restriction like what happened in the case of the Philippine government. That's why we, we don't really agree with this travel ban of the Philippine government. It doesn't make sense.
4: Mm. And oh, the, the ban has now been, been lifted. But is it clear um, uh, about who can come back and how soon they can come back?
6: Oh, yeah, it's actually only domestic worker. as far as I know. It was exempted in the case of the Philippines, but other residents and students and, uh, you know, normal people, they might not be able yet to come back to Hong Kong.
4: I, I mean, I've heard a story actually from my, my own helper. She, One of her friends who was unable to come back actually got fired just because the yes. employer here said to her i can't wait anymore i mean yes. presumably the employer needs a helper or wants a helper yes. but she just fired her while she was still in the philippines mm. have you heard of that kind of thing happening as well yes there
6: are, there are, uh, i don't know how many in percentage but you know at least in the past a week ago uh, there was an estimation of 500 or more domestic worker was stranded i'm sure the number is actually bigger so actually uh, a lot of people are really you know um Uh, they they don't get benefit out of these policies. Employers are really struggling because this is the time they really need the workers. And then the workers also are in the the risk of losing the job. There are people who already lost their job. And you haven't counted the residents who have a proper employment here might also lose the job. So, but the Philippine government, they only give like 2,000 Hong Kong dollar compensation to the selected people only. So that's why now there are really uh, more uh, political pressure in the Philippines to, for the government to leave the ban. Now, they only exempted those domestic workers, but like what you said, there are some who already lost their job. And then what to do? So, of course, we are encouraging these domestic workers. I mean, they have right to come back, you know, because the employer has no right to terminate while they are afar. So they have right to come back and file this at the Labor Department. That's the least they can do. But, you know, in the end of the day, both sides, employer and employee, they already are in the
4: you know, losing end. Um, Mr. Lestari, you mentioned earlier um, about how the announcement by the Labor Department um, has been very unhelpful for um, the Filipino domestic helpers or all domestic helpers because it's singling them out. So have you actually approached the Labor Department to complain about that and maybe to have them, you know, announce something different?
6: So what we did in the past, we already had our press call and press releases. We already, uh, we haven't approached Labor Department. The reason is because um, we are now doing a survey. We have, we are in the past two weeks until this Sunday, we are doing a baseline survey to really find out the percentage of people who are having difficulties of having the off and also what happened to their employment. Because we, you know, talking to Labor Department, you cannot just take one-to-one cases. You have to really come up with percentage uh, and, and a baseline survey. So our plan is after this Sunday, we are going to come out and then we will approach the Lego department. We, we want to have a dialogue with them, but we want to present to them the scientific initial study on the consequences of this kind of policy.
4: And I, I also read in an article that some employers um, not allowing their helpers to take the day off or to leave the house during the day off are, are also asking them to work on their day off.
6: Yeah, there are many cases like that, you know, because the problem is like this. Uh, those people, uh, like domestic workers with private room, might be okay not to go out, right? Because they have any, their room anyway. But even though they will still want to meet their friends, they might want to go to church, they, they want to hang out, you know, because holiday for us, um, you know, like, if you have an office, our office is the house. So if you cannot get out from the house, it's like you, you don't go out at all from your office for seven days a week. So it's really drive everyone insane. So even people with private room, they still really want to go out, just to chill out and so forth. Now, a lot of domestic workers, more than 50, 60% of domestic workers in the city, do not have their own private room. Majority of them have to share with kids, with elderly, you know, and some even, uh, you know, like just an open space. So if they cannot go out at all, you can just imagine what will they do in the house. You know, they cannot just lay down a whole day, and then seeing the children running around, the elderly are calling their name and so forth. So practically, even the quote-unquote employer telling them don't work, eventually you will have to pick up some work. And worse, well, some employer really tell them to work. And then, of course, some employers say, I will pay you like $140 a day. But, you know, it is it is it $140 or $150 a day. is nothing compared to the rest that we need. You know, it's not about the money. It's about the quality of rest that we really need. And I, I
3: think this is, you know, this is becoming a, a torture to domestic workers because we don't want the money, we want time out. Mm. Okay, uh, some uh, emails uh, on uh, related topics and some unrelated as well. Right, this, is, uh, this is Andrew F. Uh, with the uh, subject line Risk Assessment. Uh, Andrew F. says currently there are around 62 cases of the coronavirus in Hong Kong with one fatality, I believe. The virus was first reported in early December Uh, but presumably had been around for some time before that. We're now almost in March in Hong Kong, so coming up for three months with uh, 60-odd people affected and one death with a virus which appears to have a 98% recovery rate. Uh, Surely we have to put the risk in some sort of rational context and behave accordingly. The cab ride you take to buy masks is currently statistically more likely to result in you meeting your maker prematurely by a factor of several thousand times. Maybe we can at least keep the parks open. Uh, And uh, on the uh, public facilities, uh, Alan says... Uh, to open government facilities, uh, employees would have to use public transport to get to work and would we'll be working together in small offices, so that may be a reason they keep them closed. Over one hundred thousand workers would be in circulation daily and will put a lot more pressure on the government mask situation uh, as well. That comes uh, from Alan and uh, John says, "Are the domestic helpers are the domestic workers going to be quarantined for fourteen days?" Uh, question mark that comes from John not sure exactly what you're referring to but, but there, I mean it, you know, we also heard yesterday any listeners I mentioned of the first case of a domestic helper, as far as I know first case of domestic helper uh, being confirmed with a disease in Hong Kong and I know for example they do want to trace I don't know about quarantine but they do want to trace for example where she was socialising uh, the group that she was with and, and, and things like this uh, is that going to also you know, concern domestic helpers are they going to be worried by that story
6: well, yes, of course, let's worry us, you know, but the thing is like this, let's make it clear, we only find one domestic worker infected, or maybe two, in the past there was one in, a Filipino who was also quarantined, although she was not fine, uh, positive, but then both of them actually get infected by the employer. Now, of course, the risk is like this, they hang out with us, and then, you know, any one of us could be, um, also might be infected. So this is the issue that we are actually raising to the Labor Department. The vulnerability of the domestic workers is not on Sunday. It is when we are performing our duties. Now, what what will the government do to help us, to help the families? You know, so I think this is the biggest issue that the employers, the public, and the government has to talk about. You know, instead of putting in silence, because we are domestic workers, we will not complain. and somehow. You know and make it the public so everyone will be educated you know so we also need to be educated if we have to go to the hospital every day we can do that but then you have to tell us what to do to get avoided and then employees also have to be mindful you know going out around and bringing us around when the government is telling everyone don't gather in big number something like that so i think the worry is not really the holiday time but really when you have to do your work and you might be infected. And of course, in addition to that, then who knows when you know somebody goes out already infected, then it, it might push around. So that's another another thing to consider. But banning us from the heavy off is not the solution.
4: Yeah, I think, um, Annie Lestari, your point is a very good one, that it, it doesn't really matter whether you're a domestic worker or, or who you are, uh, anybody can get infected. And, and in this case, it was the, the domestic worker who was infected by her employer um but how do you think uh, what sort of reaction are you expecting if you if you're calling for the government one to get more um education out there for domestic helpers for the labor department to stop making you know or reverse their announcement that seems to single out um domestic helpers what what kind of reaction do you think you'll actually get
6: well, I think this is the problem with the Hong Kong Labor Department. They are always become very passive when it comes to domestic workers. I mean, I don't talk only about this corona issue. Even in the past, during SARS, they were also telling the workers to stay at home. That's one thing. But, you know, uh, I, don't, I don't really expect, uh, you know, like very enthusiastic and welcome reaction. As usual, Labor Department usually play deaf when it comes to domestic workers' welfare and, and rights, you know. But at least what we want them to do is to do the minimum public education, you know, uh, remove all these letters telling the workers to stay at home because it's really misleading. And then, uh, you know, uh, promote uh, care each other between the people, including domestic workers and the employers. So I think that's the least we want them to do. So we we don't really have high expectations, but I hope that is the least they should intervene in this time of crisis.
4: Do you you know, um, I'm just referring to the email that one of those listeners sent in about the possibility of quarantine. You haven't heard anything about whether the helpers coming back from the Philippines will have to undergo any kind of quarantine.
6: Uh, So far, I think, uh, no, it's only people from China. There was a Filipina in the past who was quarantine also because the the family member of employer coming from Wuhan was also infected. So, but there is no this um, imposition of quarantine for anyone taking home leave either from
3: Indonesia, Thailand, or the Philippines. Uh, w- what about that issue of uh, people going out uh, or not, not sharing masks, not having, uh, you know, uh, hand-cleaning equipment and, and, and things like that? Uh, anything you can do about that? Anything the helpers can do about that?
6: Yeah, you know, the truth is like this. Uh, at least the consulate, you know, Philippine-Indonesian consulate are trying to do something, right? You know, they've been giving away masks every Sunday to the, their nationals. The, a lot of the domestic workers' union, like our own, and also others, individually, they are also trying to give away masks. So every Sunday, you see there are solidarity among the workers to give away free masks in different parts of Hong Kong, from Junlong, Chinui, Xiaoping, Koswebe, Mongko, and so forth, giving a mask to those who are not given uh, enough, you know, are not given or are not given enough. So there are a significant number of them. The problem is like this. The supply of masks, especially from Indonesia, because I don't know why it's only Indonesia as a main supply, but in the past a couple of weeks since the end of January, there are significant number of imported masks coming from Indonesia, not only by the workers, but even by Hong Kong people. And some employers also asking their helper to bring more masks for their family. So now the problem is the stock is almost not available. In Indonesia, the price of masks, one box of mass of. 50 pieces, it could cost you 200 Hong Kong dollars for now, you know, so they are playing really the price. That's what we are telling the Indonesian government, how come you don't even intervene to, to, to control the price of masks. And then, but beyond that, the expedition uh, from Indonesia to Hong Kong is is getting uh, very full now. In fact, there are like four to five million masks on the way to be sent abroad. So that means even you can order masks, That It might not arrive on time. Mm -hmm. So this is the issue that we are facing. We have March maybe for now until next one or two weeks. But what about after that? And Corona is predicted until end of, of March at least or maybe even beyond.
3: A comment from uh, Alan in an email who says, with a Filipino domestic helper having just contracted the virus from her employee and then going out from her employer uh, and then going out and meeting with many friends on a Sunday can obviously spread the virus among all her friends who in turn go back and could spread it to their employees and the children. That's the concern of Alan. Any response? Any story? Well, that's true.
6: That's also our worry. But again, the solution is not putting more discrimination on us. Solution is how to help the workers who are being in that kind of situation, performing work for the employer, but having a risk of being infected, and then blaming us it 's not, it's not going to help anyone. Okay.
3: Well, any Eni sorry, many thanks for, for joining us, Chairperson of the International Migrants uh, Union. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, and a uh, comment from uh, Anna. This is from uh, Anna Fenton, actually. He says, uh, do you remember during SARS in 2003, people obeyed the government um, pleas to hit the great outdoors, country parks and outlying islands at the weekend. Uh, Lama's normal 3,000 weekend visitors suddenly swelled to more than 15,000. Seafood restaurants in Yung Wan were packed so tight it was like... Lunchtime in a city centre McDonald's. Opportunistic restaurants placed tables along all the narrow paths to the ferry, which was itself heaving at every sailing. It was crazy. Uh, be careful what you wish for, with encouraging everyone to get out into the fresh air. Uh, that's from uh, Anna. Thank you very much indeed uh, for that. And uh, a few emails from uh, Richard on uh, the subject of RTHK. Uh, Richard, uh, there's a few of these, so let's go. Richard says, uh, for the first uh, time in too long, RTHK put forth an accurate headline. RTHK more toxic than coronavirus. Yet though RTHK even notes that the Radio Television Hong Kong Charter stipulates that the editorial guidelines of the broadcaster must be accurate and balanced and should fully implement it, it's utter failure to provide balanced coverage, which, when you include its numerous reporting emissions, makes the accuracy of its reporting questionable at best, shows it is still depleting the local supply of hallucinogenic drugs at an astounding rate. Otherwise, how could you explain RTHK's delusion to think it is deserving of additional funding given the numbers of people it has alienated, including those more recently offended by Gordon Matthews and RTHK's failure to offer any sort of apology to its audience. If RTHK had any sort of intellectual honesty and humility and courage, it should run a programme and air uncensored clips from people like CY Lung as to why RTHK is a white elephant. I don't think we've ever um, Mm. censored CY Lung. Anyway, Richard goes on. Uh, In anticipation, this is another email. In anticipation that RTHK will claim that I deliberately misrepresented their headline by only providing part of it in my earlier message, let me remind RTHK of its own attempts at misdirection. For example, by having them dominate if not monopolise much of the coverage about the Diamond Princess attempting to give the impression she represents all the Hong Kong people on the ship. Instead of another show griping about the police, the government, or COVID-19, why doesn't RTHK run a show to answer these simple questions? One, why do people here seem to suffer from conceited bigotry, oikophobia collective irrationality and general societal malaise and how is RTHK contributing to this? Second, how can RTHK believe that it can remain a credible reporter of news when it cannot even comprehend the depth and breadth of public hatred for RTHK because it has failed to provide accurate and balanced reporting in contravention of the terms, if not the spirit of its charter? Three, when the funding is cut for this dinosaur, which is hastening its own distinction uh, through its own unmistakable Mitigated arrogance, what should replace RTHK? And the next email. And is it as if it was not enough for RTHK to race to waste taxpayer funds on its vendetta against the police? One, the police have complained about RTHK's recent video. Two, OFCA has had to deal with over two hundred related complaints. Three, the Secretary for Commerce and Economic Development has publicly urged RTHK to strictly abide by the charter to provide public broadcasting services. RTHK has taken one waste of taxpayer money and now we magically have four. That's in uppercase. I take back my comments about RTHK being mathematically challenged. RTHK's ability to multiply taxpayer waste is truly impressive, exclamation mark. And yet there is hardly a peep from RTHK about this. Instead RTHK made a feeble attempt to complain about Chris Tang at a banquet. If RTHK thinks that is going to deflect coverage about its wrongdoing, think again. Shame on RTHK, exclamation mark. RTHK should change its slogan to No one wastes your tax money like we arrogant juveniles do! And there's one more. Richard says, and one last thing, let me remind RTHK that the BBC recently laid off 450 people. If RTHK thinks it is immune from having its budget cut, I have a bridge in Brooklyn. Sell you that's from, wow,
4: thank you, Richard. That's,
3: that's from Richard. Thank you very much indeed for, for your comments. Uh, and uh, one more comment, uh, a few more comments. Uh, one from uh, let's see, this is from Umesh, first of all. It says, morning, I see they the lift of the ban from Manila, but there are no direct flights. How do they expect them to fly back? mostly um, signs himself puzzled. Uh, uh, and uh, this is from Jay, uh, who attaches a story from the British Guardian newspaper, uh, which has the headline, coronavirus causes mild disease in four out of five patients. And he highlights that more than 80% of patients have mild disease and will recover uh the WHO says uh only yeah uh he says the risk of death increases the older you get that's the other part that's uh highlighted uh from that well thank you very much indeed for uh, your uh, emails this morning and uh, karen many thanks to you thank you Hugh. uh we'll be back at 8 30 tomorrow here's the weather before we go it's going to be mainly fine maximum temperature today about 19 degrees the outlook it's going to be generally fine with temperatures rising gradually in the next few days but still cool in the morning 15 degrees at the moment and the relative humidity are now at 70 percent to prevent pneumonia and respiratory tract infection avoid traveling to places with pneumonia outbreaks if you must go to these places don't touch animals or eat game meat avoid visiting wet markets live poultry markets or farms after returning to hong kong if you have a fever or other symptoms wear a surgical mask consult a doctor promptly and reveal your recent travel history always maintain personal hygiene and keep both hands clean for details visit chb.gov.hk. 9.35, the news now with Samantha Butler.
1: A patient's rights representative says the government could consider extending to private clinics a new measure to.